Welcome to Jeff's World with Jeff Stein, the show where social, political, economic, spiritual, and philosophical discourse goes to live. Because in Jeff's World, we never give up the high moral ground, take no political divisioners, and fight until the bitterness ends. And now, here's your host, recovering hope addict and paid volunteer in the American experiment, Jeff Stein. At this moment of taping, right now, <laughs> we are 151 days, 1 hour, 38 minutes, and 19 seconds, 20 seconds, 21 seconds into the Trump administration. That's what that big thing on the computer is. Okay. <laughs> God bless the internet. Uh, oh, they literally man. have a thing called, how long has Donald Trump been president.com? It's like a prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Not for him, but just for, for uh, the rest for of us. I don't know. I think it is kind of for him, too. Oh, I think, I think you're absolutely yeah. right, Stein. Oh, no, come on. Have you seen him lately, Erica? Yes. He looks so miserable. I almost feel sorry for him. I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I do. I do feel. I feel, I feel sorry for him because he's stuck and he doesn't know what to do. He has totally. no idea what to do. Uh, he wants to. I love it. His, his biographer, Tony Schwartz, said, because they asked him, you know, and he's the one that you may recall who wrote The Art of the Deal and then did the circuit once he was running for president saying, by the way, I wrote it. None of Trump is in there. Right, you know, right. saying he is, I couldn't keep his attention for more than five or ten minutes when I was talking about him. Right. <laughs> And I couldn't. That was one of the famous quotes of Tony Schwartz. Right. And he said, and so that's they, a narcissist he's talking to. I mean, that's the really bad. He's the one who also said Trump had a vocabulary of about 200 words. Yeah, that's correct. And so. Did Trump, did Trump sue him? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> okay but he lost. It's a matter of course. <laughs> you know, he had all the rights and he took, you know, he had well, sure. all the T's. He got the publisher. The publisher was on top of it. They know how this works when you sign a book deal. Duh. Right. So they were all on top of it. Uh, but he, they asked uh, on, a, on a show I was watching, they asked him, well, how's this going to end, do you think? And he said, he will quit and claim victory. That's his prediction. His prediction that Donald Trump will at some point exit on his own and claim victory. It's not somehow. a prediction. That's knowing him well. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Well, I mean, they are reporting that, you know, he is miserable, doesn't want to do it, never really wanted to do it. Wandering around swearing and yelling at the TV is what I hear. Get ready for (laughs) President Pence. He's really good at selling things. He loves to sell things. Right, but I don't know, Erica. Pence, I think Pence is up to his little beady eyeballs and this whole nonsense. He's pretty scared, too, clearly. He's neck deep in borscht like everybody else. Here's what you're not (laughs) taking into account. Yeah. It's it's not that side that's going to take Trump out. Trump is going to quit right. because he can't handle it. So if you think that and when Trump quits and when a bunch of people or Democrats take credit for that, they're, that's not credit they should be taking. Yeah. The, no. the, you know, everybody right. thought, oh, I can't wait for Comey, 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 because now the Republicans will impeach. Well, no, they didn't. No. <laughs> no and, and so they never will. they're not yeah. going to get rid. It doesn't matter how corrupt and up to his eyeballs Pence is, because the Republicans are in charge, and that's their guy, even more so than Trump. Oh, yeah. And they're not going to get rid of him. So, yes, it will be President Pence, <sighs> yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And he just lawyered up. Uh, got a lawyer who specialized in Watergate and Iran Contra. Yeah, he actually picked a better, uh, a better a lawyer, a lawyer than Trump. Oh, way better, substantially. We're going to talk about that. In fact, today on Jeff's World, from the lineup, uh, Dead Politician Society resumes, continues to hold secret Senate meetings. Can you say Carpe Tragedy? 
because uh, it's going to be that's <laughs> we'll talk a lot about that what the Senate is doing with the health care bill. We've got the season openers in the 2017 Supreme Court session, uh, including a case already decided on legislating political correctness and whether you can do that. And I. And I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go. Good luck with that. It's uh, up there with legislating morality. Yeah. My right-wing Good. friends will really love uh, this this ruling, actually, on the political correctness. <sighs> and a watershed landmark milestone WTF, FTW moment that will surely outdo Citizens United in, in a way that it will impact America. The Supreme Court's taking that on. Comedy comes in threes, and today's trifecta trio of Cray 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 will be a tipples, triple stack of isms. We'll get cronyism and loyalism and Nepotism, my favoritisms. Uh, the final and last words on two recent shootings that will throw shade on the haters. Another drunk history lesson uh, with the president while he's completely sober. <laughs> <laughs> Panama. So just say framing fear for and against a refresher on which way to go when you're trying to convince others or just get along. Maybe we'll even talk about George Lakoff. He's back in the news again. And a massive lightning round. It'll probably be a two segment lightning round, including. Uh, Carrie Fisher smackdown, coconut oil rubdown, Father's Day showdowns, conspiracy theorist takedowns, and coal town letdowns. Wow! What? No that much? Was... Too much? No hoedown? <laughs> no hoedown? <laughs> Come on! That's we, happening right here. We just, we need... <laughs> <laughs> that's so, Erica Ferriston, everybody. <laughs> that's her, blame her. I'll uh, complain about Erica Ferriston. But right now, before we uh, get back into it, just the the most expensive congressional race in American history is happening right now. The voting. Right, John Ossoff versus Karen Handel. Karen Karen Handel terrifies me. <laughs> she she was at a she was at a fundraising speech of Palooza Hitler Fest. Uh, I don't know right wing <laughs> dance off. I don't know what the hell they call those. And she was saying, Jeez. you know, John Ossoff. He doesn't have values here. His values are 3,000 miles away in San Francisco. Yeah. You know, just go ahead and scream the word homo, lady. Just say it, you rabid. Well, he's Sick not married. <laughs> who cares? And if he is gay, who cares? He's got fiance, of course. Yeah, that's been part of the controversy. That's just, no, it's just, Handel is just your basic, horrible, right-wing, shrill, dog-whistle Bigot. Yeah, she's just <laughs> awful. She's awful in a can. And for those <laughs> who Isn't not that, in, though, one of their family values? Bigotry? Y- hate, yeah. I hate can't bigotry. really wrap my head around that one. Well, be thankful you're not in the Georgia 6th uh, Congressional District right now, because if you turn on the television, uh, you would see more political 30-second ads than Jeff Hendrick Lowe's commercials. Um, <laughs> Call me Matt. I am Matt. <laughs> He's Matt, the below it. You, you'll notice, you'll see the Lowe commercial, there's Matt. He's helpful. The name tag, Matt, right? Yeah, that's, that's, still, that's uh, Here's budget. your blue paint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the it was really funny, because Karen Handel has been attacking John Ossoff primarily on what you just illustrated. The outside influence, outside money. They're always getting all this money from outside. And again, this is fifty something, fifty million dollars being spent on this race. And is it all I, going into his pocket? I'm sure there's some no. RNC money coming into yeah. Handel's pocket. I mean, this is of course right. the truth of it. Uh, the what? What is that word you used? Yeah, seventy eight percent of Karen <laughs> Handel's donations have come from outside of Georgia. So you know, it's the same thing. Project much? You know, but that that, that it sticks. You know, re- uh, Republicans, I guess, are more. Uh, you know. Respond to the outside money claim. Oh yeah, and the homophobia that yeah. too. But I think well, <laughs> but I think we've uh, moved past that. I mean, uh, the electorate. And this is a upper suburban college educated white electorate that barely went for Trump, fifty one percent. Right. But it did go for Tom Price. Right. He's when they were planning for, for like twenty points. So, but anyway, the uh, polls had it neck and neck. 
And there was uh, some commentary, which we'll talk about later, about whether or not the Steve Scalise shooting would have an effect on the race. But this is another case, much like Montana, where when Gianforte still won, even after he punched Ben Jacobs, the reporter. Unbelievable. But he won. One of the reasons they say he won is because two-thirds that's... of the voting was in early voting. Mm-hmm. People had already right. voted. Right. So and actually, when... that's, that's historically accurate for the state of Montana, is that they, they vote early all the time. Yeah. That's the way, just having had elections here... You know, that is the way that it's going. It is going early voting. And um, people who, candidates who just really cater to the day of voting, they're not in they're not positioning themselves well they've got to look out when when do the mail out ballots go out mm-hmm. right. and that's mm-hmm. what you that's one of your major target dates well i think i think the the the, cons- the more conservative voter wants to vote early just in case their candidate flips out and smashes a reporter <laughs> into the ground maybe <laughs> well then why do democrats vote early because they do too so i don't know i don't know they've been voting early extensively in that district and they're probably mostly all voted over half have already voted in the georgia six so even though there's election today it's only the portion who hasn't already you know decided to show up so. Right, and he he came within an eyelash of not needing this election, correct? Yes, Ossoff, he forty-eight point eight percent of the vote, he and needed he needed fifty. 50. 50 point whatever, anything yeah. over 50, right? Anything over 50, okay. Yeah, so it's that close. Uh, he's been polling as much as eight points ahead, down to about two to one points ahead in the last few days, and so we are going to find out. I think it'll be one, it may be one of these early evenings where they call it right at uh, polls closing, but that you'll have to wait for in case you're listening to the show before the polls closing. The paper ballots or electronic? <laughs> Most, I don't know, the DREs? We don't know which one of these. Actually, they, uh, they, they carve them in stone there mm-hmm. they, uh, with Good. a chisel and a hammer. Then we can actually <laughs> go back and verify Yes, we can. So that's Erica Fairston. You heard Jeff Hendrick, too. I'm Jeff Stein, and this is Jeff's World. Coming up, a secret healthcare meeting. Shh. I'm sure it'll be a just Sometimes I live under the moon. I think... This is Jeff's world, the purple state of mind with the amber airwaves of grain. <laughs> you did not just say that. Just did that. <laughs> oh, beautiful. That's Jeff Hendrick. That's Erica Ferriston. Or amber waves of Hendrick again. And grain. <laughs> grain. Grain. Pyramids full of grain. Thank you so much for uh, listening to us, as always. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Jeff's World Show, Instagram, Instagram, too. Yes. Putting up videos, meandering, doing the thing that you're supposed to do so that people can go, oh, you're real. Um. <laughs> I mean, if it's not on social media, Doesn't did exist. it happen? Right? I don't know. That's exactly right. Uh, of course, ironically, now they're talking about uh, collecting all of the president's tweets as presidential records, uh, which they will. So, you know, that's uh, so social media is what it is. Uh, Dead Politicians Society, the secret Senate health care bill. Uh, wow. Oh, Crapton, my Crapton. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And again... I think it's important. I don't have a sense of humor about this, you guys. I know. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to try to make Erica laugh. laugh. For Uh, me, because this is is beyond the pale. Yeah, it is. Tell them, tell tell everybody what's happening. Well, to give a little context, uh, during the ACA, the the Affordable Care Act, which was Obamacare, 100 hearings the the Democrats held when they controlled the majority. And they didn't just control the majority, they controlled a super majority. So they were filibuster-proof. They didn't have to talk, they didn't have to do anything with Republicans. Democrats didn't. They could completely ignore them, say they sit down and shut up. And instead, they had 100 hearings and allowed Republicans to put in 147 amendments to Obamacare. And how many... None for that, by the way. Yeah, But go ahead. Yeah, 147 amendments that benefited uh, no one but them. Well, and they didn't vote for it. 
And, and they, they still didn't, didn't even vote for it. They right. All these amendments in, and then of course didn't. We're going to change this and then not vote for it. Yeah. So, well, yeah. they knew the Democrats would pass it, and they would have their changes in to benefit the insurance companies. But anyway, your point is the point is the <laughs> Democrats were inclusive. They were inclusive, and as we played in the last show, Claire McCaskill got out of you know apoplectic about not being able to discuss it. Well, it's just getting worse, and they're timing it out now, where they're going to release it to have the Senate debate with less than twenty hours. In fact, even Chuck Schumer was standing next to Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor and saying, they're standing at the same mic, and he was saying, are we going to get more than 10 hours to debate this? You'll have ample time to debate it. Are we going to get more than 10 hours? You'll have ample time. And he wouldn't answer. He wouldn't even admit to having more than 10 hours of debate. I am now convinced that Mitch McConnell is everything that is wrong with Congress wrapped up into one pasty, self-serving, lying sack of poop. He's almost as scared as Donald Trump. Here's why, so just to break it down simply... These, you know, these types of bills have hearings so that other members of Congress and that the public, the American people, the American people who these bills are about, who they affect their daily lives. Um, can hear about it, can weigh in on it. So what they're doing is they are not having these hearings and they're negotiating it, negotiating it all in back rooms and maybe like what a less than 10 hour hearing. But, yeah. but the point of this is there is to hide the bill from the public because it was the public who was so outraged by their last health care bill, their own constituents. And that's what stopped that bill from being passed because uh, you had, you know, members of Congress saying, I want to do the bidding of the insurance companies and the elite Republican, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, congressional legislature, but I can't because my constituents will have my you know political head, if you will. So they're getting around the American public by hiding it, and so we it, it will be too late. It will be too late for you to weigh in, and they will be able to go out and, and say like, "Well, it's not my fault. Uh, I tried," and and hoping that you guys will buy this, that the public will buy this. But and so we don't know exactly what's going to be in this bill, but we do know in the last bill. Um, they cut Medicaid, you guys, not the Affordable Care Act, not Obamacare. I mean, that's being cut too. But Medicaid, Medicare by $834 billion. That right. was in the last bill. Right. Well, that, that, that will be in this bill, but probably a higher cut. So if you receive Medicare, you are not going to want this bill to pass. And you should be calling uh, your members of Congress. Yeah, maybe we should uh, let uh, Bernie Sanders uh, have a few words on this because he he laid it down pretty good on Chris Hayes on MSNBC. You have a process by which right now perhaps a dozen Republicans are the only people in America who know what is being talked about, what the new bill might look like. Most Republicans don't even know it, let alone anybody in the Democratic caucus. This is outrageous beyond outrageous. This is unprecedented, I think, in the history of modern America, that you have a bill of such consequence where there is not one hearing. I'm a member of the Health Education Committee. No hearings, no public debate. What will likely happen is that at the very last moment on the day of the vote, Mitch McConnell will present a bill 
The Republicans will, like sheep, vote for this legislation. And that's what the debate on the most, one of the most important issues facing America will be like. It is incomprehensible. And the reason, clearly, Chris, is they don't want any debate about it, is they know how unpopular and how awful this legislation is. How do you go home and defend throwing 23 million Americans off of health insurance, defunding Planned Parenthood, cutting Medicaid by $800 billion, raising premiums for older workers? Oh, and by the way, giving hundreds of billions of dollars in tax breaks to the richest 2% and drug companies and insurance companies. You know what? That's a pretty hard proposal to defend. Their view is, let's not defend it. Let's just do it in secret. There's more, but you wanted to say. I I really think maybe one thing that needs to be rephrased when we're talking about this issue is, oh, it's tax breaks. It's not a break when they don't pay any. Okay? What that is, is you're taking the money that we pay. It's tax prevention. It's responsibility prevention. It's not even that. It's what it is, is taking the money that you and I and the rest of the hardworking citizens of this nation pay in to the coffers and giving it to companies that don't pay in. It's a reallocation. Okay? It's a reallocation. Redistribution it's, of uh, It's not a tax wealth. break if you don't freaking pay taxes. Okay? Yeah. It's yeah. a Stealing ripoff. From the, taking from the poor and giving to the wealthy. That's exactly that's what's going what it on. is. Yeah, yeah. And oh. that's why Mitch McConnell doesn't want this bill to see the light of day because it would burst into flame like a vampire. Now, of course, uh, you say, how do they think they're going to get away with it? I'm going to play the answer to that. But it, you know, they say, well, they've got to be telling the Republicans. That's my Republican fans. Well, of course, telling the Republicans. Yeah, they're showing this PowerPoint representation. And I even saw, crap, and I yeah. even saw a Republican yeah. complaining saying they didn't leave the screen on long enough for us to see what it said. I mean, <laughs> Right? Their own Republicans are complaining. It's like, yeah, I'm watching the PowerPoint. And zip, zip, they're going by. It's like, what, did that, what was that last screen? And they go, whatever time. And they're not even showing them the no, full no. thing. This is, but, uh, this is being done to us, not for us. Here's the follow-up. It, it also seems to me, and this is something Democrats know very well, anyone that voted for the ACA, American health care is complicated. Uh, people have all sorts of mixed emotions about it. A lot of people are frustrated with their health care. And when right. you pass major health care legislation, the party that does that essentially owns the entirety of the system. Even yep. if they, even the parts they didn't touch, it does strike me that Republicans are on the precipice of essentially doing that. Am I wrong? Well, yes and no. Yeah, of course they are going to own it. Uh, but behind them will be many hundreds of millions of dollars from the Koch brothers and other billionaires bombing the airwaves with 30-second ads attacking anybody who is critical of what the Republicans did. So it's like a war, and they have heavy-duty artillery in the back, and they say, hey, we could do anything we want. It really doesn't matter. You really think that's the reason? You really think think that's the thing that emboldens them? I think in the back of their minds is the understanding that they have an unlimited amount of money to defend them and to attack and destroy those people who are critical of what they did. I think that's a very important factor. We are going to, I can only speak for myself. I will do everything humanly and legally possible to make sure this horrendous piece of legislation, which will be close to what the House passed, never sees the light of day. This is the House passed bill, Chris, is the worst piece of legislation by far 
that I have seen in my lifetime. And I will do everything I can, and I think I speak for a number of other people in the Democratic caucus, to make sure that legislation like this never, ever sees the light of day. Coming up, we will get into that. I want to ask my co-hosts how to move forward in this, and I also want to ask you guys about uh, what do you think the Republicans, how they, why they think they're doing this, because I think that's the, the fascinating, uh, the, the psychosis, if you will, that's the strong word, the, the mental operandus Miranda, I can't say my word, modus operandi behind it, and that. Uh, well, I'm Jeff Stein, this is Erica Ferriston, and Jeff Hendrick, and this is Jeff's World. Cold enough to chill my balls. Jeff's World, the place where social, political, popular, and unpopular culture is seen through the eyes of possibility, purpose, and punchlines. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Ferriston and Jeff Hendrick talking about the secret, super secret, double secret probation health care bill that's being moved through uh, quite quietly and secretly and being, being kept from Republicans as well. So, so. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> that's right. The line you know, I, I think that's a nice, if, I personally think just from a strategy standpoint that it's pretty brilliant oh really i do i think it's it's they tried it the way that you know according to the rules and the people uh rose up (laughs) and said no way yeah and so they realized okay that's not gonna work so they went back and they re-strategized and like i said so they're doing it because I mean they don't care about rule or law or formality or any of these. The Supreme things. Court maneuverings proved that exactly. They don't care about rules. They do not. So these, you've got twelve people voting on this. Mm-hmm. By them, you know, this gives cover to Republican legislatures to go back to their constituents and give a sob story of they didn't even put the PowerPoint long enough for me to see it. So I I'm a victim like you are. But you voted for it anyway, Congressman. Yeah, that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. Yeah, that's I also think yeah. that with the way that the public works, you know, Somebody uh, once said, we are the United States of amnesia. We forget (laughs) quickly. And so without it getting the media play and it being in people's faces, they're not even, I'm talking about the general public. They're not even really going to know what happened. They're just going to like show up and like, oh, I have to pay more, you know, and, and, you know, then when the Koch brothers put out all this money that blame Obama for this, which you know they will, or the Democrats or the Martians or whoever, (laughs) they will believe that because they'll play it over and over and over and over again. And so I think that by keeping it in the dark and just doing it, it it allows the Republicans to get away with it. They're already starting on that, Erica. They're already I'm already seeing on the news, well, the Democrats are obstructionists. We can't get anything done. You're not even showing them the legislation. Nor do they have any actual legislative power Correct. Or, or voting but power to do it. We're a bunch of democracy geeks sitting in here. Well, you didn't even show them the legislation. I'm talking about people who are working two and three jobs yeah. and are trying to get their kids to school. That's your Medicaid. They don't folks. know yeah. about legislation and who sh- and that so and so wasn't showed. I mean. They're going to know what's on the boob tube in front of them, repeated over and over and over. I I have a little bit of a question with that, because we have seen lots of evidence in the last three election cycles that the amount of money you spend doesn't actually 
have as much. That There is a saturation of television ads, and it didn't work anymore. I mean, we have our own California example of Meg Whitman versus Jerry Brown, where she spent $200 million or whatever crazy on, on the governor's election and lost soundly to uh, Jerry Brown, who paid a fraction of that. So there's I a lot of evidence that, that money isn't enough. But that's, this isn't a political campaign where two, what, two people are running against each other. This is propaganda, yeah. And there are studies that show propaganda is effective. Yeah, I think that, the, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm it's, the bigger optimist. I think that the right. electorate's getting smarter. All, I, all I, I have to say to back you up on that, Arcaris, is like one, exa- one example. What do we call the Affordable Care Act? Obamacare. Uh, Why do we call it that way? That's propaganda. That's a, right. that's a derogatory term, and even the Democrats. It was Call a pejorative to them. I love that it's called Obamacare now. But anyway. well, I, I think it's what, what, <laughs> what, again, known for that. But what fascinates me yeah. is how many people think the ACA and Obamacare are two different things. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I don't care if Obamacare gets destroyed. I don't like him because you know he's uh, anyway. You know he's an he's an other, and anything he did was bad. But I can't lose the ACA. I'm on Medicare. But as far as money being thrown at this circumstance, I'm feeling pretty good about that. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why. Even this Ossoff race that's going on as we speak between Ossoff and Handel, uh, that's been not only $50 million injected into it, the vast majority of it went to John Ossoff, and the vast majority of it came from small donations. It has been incredibly, ever since the Bernie Sanders you know, wave of small donations, there have been one politician after the other has been supported. You want to know that. why? Because it's suddenly dawning on the American people, maybe my voice has resonance maybe yeah. i can be heard well it's also a generation of people under 35 who get the idea of crowdsourcing right okay, yeah but where that. do so so when the Koch brothers run these propaganda ads we just passed a health care bill that's better for you yep. up is down uh peace is war where do they send their 27 dollar donations to combat that well here's a let me play you a political ad that's running against uh jeff flake no uh, but i'm talking about I'm talking about healthcare propaganda, not candidates. No, I know. Listen, this is uh, this is a picture. First of all, you can't see the video, but you won't need to. Okay. A, a mom with a wheezing child has some sort of asthma, some sort of condition that she has to deal with. When this happens, she isn't thinking about the healthcare bill in Congress. She isn't thinking that it'll force her to choose between filling his prescriptions or paying their mortgage. She isn't thinking that when her premiums go up, they'll lose their health insurance. And she shouldn't have to. But our senators should. So when they vote on the new health care bill, tell them to think about what's right for our families and vote no. And there you go. And so the PACs have already emerged and they're running that against uh, six or seven different senators, uh, Republican senators, to warn them that, hey, we're paying attention. And so people are throwing their money at that small donations. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, 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 I, I don't know. I think the electorate is just so much more focused now because, they, you know, they, they and yes. Let's talk about, though, let's talk about what the Republicans think they're going to get away with. Right. Um, first of all, you could see they're hiding from the Republicans. I think you guys caught that one. I believe also is that if they can just say, hey, we need a win. Right. We have to repeal it to say we did it. It is so important that they get a win. And so that's what they're going to convince their fellow Republicans in Congress. Just just vote for this. We need to win. You can go back home and tell them we got to win. We repeal it like we promised to. And then we'll promise to fix it later. Question. Right. How can you call it a win when you're kicking thousands of people off of 
the health care system. about those people, in quotes, right? right. About, uh, no, I'm, no, 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 and, uh, no. I am talking about people. I don't want to put a moniker on them. I, I don't want to put a judgment call on them. They're people. 23 million of them that will lose health insurance. I am one of them. You are one of them. I have a pre-existing condition. I am battling large B-cell follicular lymphoma as we speak. And if I get kicked off of health care because Jeff Flake, Paul Ryan, and the entire scumbag right side of the aisle does this to me, I'm not going alone. I swear to God. And I don't care if they come and get me for saying this out loud. I don't care, Stein. No, I know why you say right? That's your relief. You I get say, it. Not a matter of relief, man. I'm fighting for my life, and I these know. guys are trying to kill me because they want their rich friends to have a little more money. And that's disgusting beyond the pale for me. But I think you just illustrated the point. Remember the Obamacare fight, and they managed to get all this grass astroturf people showing up going, you're going to take my government medical, and all that stuff. And they were completely confused. But they were all riled up because they were convinced. And we know why. They were riled up because they just didn't like the change. They didn't want Obama in the president. They didn't want the Democrats to control. They were just mad. And so they were happy to get behind it. But there was nothing tangible. It was all fake. Right. Well, this time it's tangible. You just illustrated the point, Jeff Hendrick, because there's going to be millions of people who go, wait a minute. Uh, I watched the news, the basic everyday lamestream news, and they made it real clear to me that Medicaid's going away. And I understand that. That's not death panels or they're going to, you know, manage you to death or all this sort of stuff. No, this is an actual clear end of coverage for me. I can actually speak to Yeah, and I can actually speak to death panels. And delays and paperwork and the absolute cluster, you know what, that the American healthcare system is. I spent four and a half hours on the phone yesterday trying to get an appointment. Not an appointment where they want me to go in Inglewood. I'm like, no, I don't live in Inglewood. I live in Los Angeles. Could you find me somebody who can do this procedure in Los Angeles? So they found me somebody who could do it in Los Angeles. I called them up, and guess what? Oh, that guy doesn't do that. Oh, he doesn't do that procedure. That's a good thing that my insurance company told me to call this doctor to get that appointment. Yeah, yeah. That's how stupid the companies that we're dealing with is because they're not about giving health care. They're not about curing disease. They're about making money. Collecting premiums and not giving as much service as they have premiums. Correct. So they if you can premiums. deny me care, if you can deny me cancer treatment, I die and you get to keep my premiums. Good on you. Congratulations. You've killed an American to, to line your pockets. yeah. Way to go. How does that make you feel? Are you again, feeling good about yourself? This is this is the sentiment from left to right. This is a nonpartisan sentiment. Absolutely, this is a nonpartisan route. Every, almost everybody's either got a pre-existing condition or a medication they take or a treatment they need or knows somebody that does. Have no you exception. seen the list of pre-existing conditions that this... Yeah, well, this, so far, we don't know. Abomination. We, have to let it, we have to let it emerge from the air. We Acne. don't know what it's going to be. Acne's but the bottom the line of all of this, in in American society... Individuals are seen as monetary units, and what can, how much money can be extracted right. from the individual from the moment they're born until they die, and and that's this is part of the system, and that's what you are to an insurance company, that's what you are to, I mean, television. The shows are there. Just yeah. as to keep you interested to watch the commercials to sell you on products. There's a reason it's called programming. You know, it's funny because I, I, I kept going around this. You know, what is the fear that's driving the Republicans to do this? What is you know? I don't. It's not fear. It's greed. It's greed. It's spite. It's well, evil. greed is a fear too. Greed is a fear that your your nut is under threat. 
and so you have to you have to concentrate your nut, uh, you know, so that just nobody else can get but to your. It can there's be no threat to you. There's absolutely no logic to that, right. though. Especially as a freshman congressman, you make four times what the average family of four or two working adults is. How the hell are you even close to scarcity? Which is why I don't think this is going to ever get to the light of you day because they're going to little peel off. children. They're going to get scared. But so the broader picture, I thought, okay, yeah, because they're not stupid. They've learned, dude. Dude, again, you're projecting your intelligence onto somebody who maybe doesn't deserve it. <laughs> well, this is where I think they've learned, uh, because they've learned, and not in a good way. This is an evil learning, okay, for your for your benefit there. Um, they learned from Medicare and Social Security and other things that you cannot get rid of an entitlement if you debate an entitlement. If you talk about getting rid of the entitlement, it's like Fight Club. People will never let you remove it. And so the only way to get rid of an entitlement is to do it secretly and quietly and without anyone's input. And so they're almost literally, this is a strong statement, and I apologize for making it, but they've almost become kind of suicide bomber martyrs, suicide bomber martyrs, where they said, if I can just get this thing through, because they all have said to each other, even John McCain, this is an electoral disaster. If we pass this, we may get it through and may finally get rid of the entitlement known as Obamacare, but we will lose the House and the Senate. Even that word entitlement. Thank you, thank you, Erica. Yeah, let's uh, bury that. Absolutely, oh. it's not an entitled. Healthcare is a human it's a right, right. It's in a right. my opinion. There's your George Lakoff framing. It is not an entitlement. Yeah, yeah. Also, something that I paid for with uh, Social Security tax. It's not an entitlement. No, I paid it's an for insurance that. plan. The, thank you. Paid into I it. paid into it's it. Your annuity. You know what an entitlement is? A four billion dollar tax refund when you didn't. Pay any taxes, GE, <laughs> Verizon, Boeing. I'm looking at you, subsidies clowns. to Walmart for them to build their parking Thank lots. Thank you. That's an entitlement. Yeah. Healthcare is not. It's a right. And Ta- that's, that's these are taxes that we pay under a certain agreement because when we pull our money together. Yeah. We get a good sewer system for the community. It's funny you say that because actually plumbing is a right in this country. You cannot buy a dwelling in this state, in this country, in this country, almost anywhere, without the requirement that it has plumbing. <laughs> and yeah, here's the irony: not only do you have to have plumbing, but you have to be connected to the city to the system, city's, right? Or, or you'll sort get of, fined, or sort of, sort of a septic tank that works for yeah. Right. You have to have an alternative. Ne- never mind that if you're really good at DIY and uh, yeah, right, you, you made your off the grid home out in the swamp, right? No, <laughs> that the city government still will come and hammer you with fines and taxes, and sometimes arrest you for not being part of a system you don't want to be a part of. So this debate is going to continue. Ah! God, I love these people. I love you, Erica Ferris and Jeff Hendrick. It's just so cool to debate this stuff with you, and it's fun to watch it unfold because we're going to watch a meltdown on the Republican side. I don't see how they get out of this without destroying themselves. But they're trying to destroy an entitlement that people, not sorry, a right that people deserve and want. And have paid for. And have paid for. And for our (laughs) listeners, I really encourage you to call your representatives and to put truth out there on social media so that it gets gets to, you know, your friends and family who may not have time to research these things, but spread the truth. Yeah. So coming up, we're going to keep the truthiness going. The Supreme Court session has begun. We've got a couple of big rulings that are only happened and are happening. This is Jeff's World. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths. This is Jeff's World, where we feelize our way to a near better future. I'm Jeff Stein, along with Erica Ferriston and Jeff Hendrick, and the Supreme Court is in session. And all rise, all, all rise, rise, all rise. Supreme Court of the United States now in session. 
Supreme Court and including the one guy who just kind of got in here somehow. Um, <laughs> that would be Gorsuch, who is like, how did you get here again? I don't, that's really amazing. I, I have coffee for everybody. Yeah. Coffee. I, I have coffee. I think somebody, uh, some group paid several million dollars. It was expensive. Uh, yeah, as a side note, we'll have to do another episode about this, but uh, the evangelicals still have a, a wonderful, if you're an evangelical, influence in the Trump White House. They are getting almost everything they want. Yes, uh, it's yes. working out very well for them. So if you like uh, if you like hating, disliking gays or whatever it is that you're, I don't want to put you in a box, uh, oh, but there you go. There's mammograms, health care. Oh. To me, right to life means health care for everyone. That's the best way to express not right according to, life. to the American Taliban, Mr. Stein. No, not. so <laughs> the Supreme Court is uh, got a couple big ones that came down. One of them that they already ruled on. They decided that quote unquote hate speech, hate speech is still free speech. There was a case you guys probably saw. There's a band in Seattle. They're an Asian band, and they call themselves the Slants as in slant-eyed, and uh, someone tried to stop them from having a patent and a trademark on that. I'm curious, then, why was there not a big kerfuffle when uh, Courtney Love called her band Hole? A bunch of women, all in a girl band, called Hole. How is that not... Well, this is where I get on the board, the right-wingers, and they're, they're, they're discussed for some political correctness going too far. And then there's, and there's adjudicated. Eight to zero, by the way. If you're an anti-PC person, the, the entire Supreme Court said, yeah, no, we can't, uh, we can't stop people from calling themselves the slants if they want to, or whole. Right, right. <laughs> or anything else. If you want to call yourself that, okay. Yeah, again, good luck legislating morality because it never works. Yeah. It's weird that there's a, quite an agreement on that. Let people so there you know that that to me encourages me tremendously. Not only is the Supreme Court unanimous, but most I, mean, I tell people that they go, yeah, if they want to call themselves a slur, help themselves. Sure, you right. call yourself the chinks or the gooks or whatever these different various horrible terms that Ladies I. Ladies and gentlemen, the zipperheads. Whatever you want to call yourself, that's that's if somebody else called them that, then we have a case. Then we have okay, that's not cool. But if you're calling yourself that, and that's how you want to make your name, the that's honkies, the honkies. honkies. Well, I have a, a drink that I made of my own design that I, a, an alcoholic beverage, I refer to as a white trash cocktail, and I've been corrected on many occasions to call it a trailer trash cocktail because I didn't because of this, you know, PC thing. And I'm like, okay, whatever. If you want oh, to call it trailer, trash, it's it's Bacardi Orange, Blue Curacao, and Mountain Dew. Oh my God, Jesus that is white trash. Christ. Good Lord, God. that's so nasty. White trash cocktail. <laughs> How high were you when you oh, made so that? Oh, so good. I'll make you one. That's <laughs> no, tasty. You won't. It's citrusy and boozy good. <laughs> and you can have three and it feels like six. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the sugar. Perhaps, the perhaps that's a better reason not to make that cocktail. <laughs> so, but caustic. the point is, the Supreme Court would defend my ability to call it a white trash cocktail and to drink it to my own demise. Yeah. And you, I think you can a, call that whatever you want. So. Just don't give me any. But thank you. But the huger than huge one, okay. which will nullify everything that if you have a complaint about the Republicans, you know, tweaking the, this and hiding bill, health care bills and, and, and spending fortunes to change the outcomes of elections. This ruling that's coming up, and I don't know which way they're going to go on it. Everyone's speculating is on gerrymandering. And it's based on a case in Wisconsin. The first case that's deciding because already we found repeatedly it does. It is against the Constitution to gerrymander based on race. 
right? And you've mm-hmm. seen Texas and North Carolina and Florida, all of them had to redo all their districts because they were clearly racist, right? Right, right? So in Wisconsin, they redrew districts based on the demographics of the party affiliation. And this is a state to give you how to tell you how effective they were at it. And if you look up gerrymandering, you can get the whole explanation. It's a lot of great YouTubes that explain how they work the numbers. It's it, it's 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 brilliant math, but it's evil math, right? Anyway, they in Wisconsin, Republicans received forty seven percent of the vote, but hold as a result of that forty seven percent of the vote over sixty percent of the seats and the representation. How? Exactly. And the only way to do that math. And so the case before the Supreme Court (laughs) is to limit it to basically a 7% differential, whereas their districts they carved to create into the the teens and 20%, which allow you to craft just the right districts, put all the cage, all the Democrats in a handful of districts, and then spread out the Republicans beautifully so that you get, again, 60% coverage for 40% vote count. And that is nationwide. We've talked about that. The Democrats got 1.1 million more votes in Congress than the Republicans did, and yet they have a 30-seat deficit or 24-seat deficit compared. Gerrymandering, I mean, this just is the opposite of democracy. Yes! I don't care who you're left or right. Exactly. Every every American... It yeah. should be against gerrymandering. Absolutely. It's cheating. It is not playing the game fairly. And ever since, period. by the way, a lot of states like ours have adopted a policy where it's geographically based and it's done by a judge panel, different states with different things, but it's basically done by a nonpartisan group that has to do it on geography, not demographics. And that's that may become the template for the nation yes. is how we do it in California because we don't really have that problem here. And the runoff system, yeah. where the top two candidates get to run in the final, whether they're the same party or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part of that is it has allowed the minority party in any given district to speak. Because let's say if it's a heavily Democratic party, the, the top two vote-getters are both Democrats, well then the Republicans get to choose between which Democrat they think is the craziest, or least crazy. You know, they get to pick right. one. Right. Whereas before, it would be R versus D, the one who dominated would win, and it would be the end of it. Right. And so we're fixing this. And if this passes, if the Supreme Court over, you know, fixes this, it's the end of the Republican Party for a moment. I don't know how they'll recover it's, from it. It's the end of the current incarnation. Yes, of, the current incarnation of the Republican Party. Right. It'll, be, it'll either become like the Whigs and they'll disappear. <laughs> if you don't know this, the Whig parties became the Republican Party mm-hmm. because the Whigs wouldn't let go of suspe- secession and slavery. And be, and they just kept getting smaller and smaller until Abraham Lincoln and the Republicans came along. Interesting. Well, then maybe this in current incarnation of the Republican Party with their just death grip on bigotry and homophobia will go the way of the Whigs. Yeah. And you'll actually have a uh, an inclusive Republican Party. Eh, who knows, huh? I'm feeling really good about this. Uh, well, the we've been thing- looking at pre- previous legal, legal rulings on this. Right. And Kennedy was the deciding vote. I was just about to say Go ahead. I'm sorry. Kennedy is... That he's he's the pivot on everything on this, and he's already kind of demonstrated some pivot towards the sensible side of, uh, of, of despite despite it. being a very fairly conservative judge. Yeah, yeah. he has sort Pointed of by Bush. Yeah, but Bush, he's Walker. I think. Oh, the, Ruth Gator. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I know. Stay live on. Stay live alive. on. Yeah, because they, yeah, they flip a, a beet Supreme juice, Court justice. Beet juice. Somebody send her beet juice. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think Kennedy. Beyond being a conservative, I think is a purist as far as democracy is concerned, and that's why I have hope on this particular yeah. ruling. Because you yeah. look at it and say, "Well, what's better for the for the country? Not not conservative, not liberal. What is better for the functioning of our democracy?" Yeah, there's even a chance that one of the conservative judges might come over because sometimes Robert surprises us too, because he is such a constitutionalist yes, yes. and said, "Yeah, this is undemocratic." 
This has nothing to do with, you know, corporatism versus populism or whatever. You know, this no, this is, is this is basic it founding is father undemocratic. stuff. Yeah. It's undemocratic. Yeah, it will change everything. It will be a boulder dropped in this country's democracy like never seen before. Good. Yeah. But it is my belief that the looked at, you know, what they've done, that the Republican, uh, you know, politicians in power, not not the Republican constituency, it is their goal to to get rid of permanent Republican majority. Yeah, no, it's not single party rule. Yeah, but it's but their goal in that their bigger goal is to they're not interested in democracy. If you look at everything, they want to privatize everything. If everything is privatized, there is no democracy. There is no power of the people. No, it's yeah. a, it's a corporatocracy at that point. Yeah, Which and if you look, they yeah. want they want to privatize the roads with tolls. I mean, it goes on the internet. It goes on and on and on. There isn't anything. That is their end goal: is to privatize everything and take away the power of the people, which is not a democracy. I think we're going to keep doing this uh, George Lakoff kind of framing thing. Maybe even switch from privatizing to corporatizing. Okay, you know, or or aristocratizing. I don't need some sort of word that's monetizing uh, because private people hear private and go, "I like it being private. I want my private control. That sounds good to people." But yeah, but uh-huh. corporatizing. Doesn't yeah, they sound don't. Good. They don't understand right? that the private control is not theirs. Right? I know. <laughs> I'm asking. We got to find those words. This is the key part of it. All right, cronyism. Somebody get George on the line. Please. I know cronyism, loyalism, and nepotism. We would have that when we keep coming along in Jeff's world. Take out of your wasted This is Jeff's World, the independent state of mind, where we look at this gorgeous country and all its complicated and glory and love her just like she is. And we're talking about, with Erica Ferriston and Jeff Hendrick, I'm Jeff Stein, talking about cronyism, loyalism, and nepotisms. All the isms. Oh, all all the isms that we don't like. (laughs) Why couldn't we all just be Beatles? You know... (laughs) I, every time I see these little stories about, I, I always try to. I was thinking of my Republican friends, my Republican family, and, and kind of see how it's seen. And, and they just, you know, it's lots of head slapping in my family. I know, but I know some of my Trump supporter friends are just like still excusing it. Well, it doesn't matter, you know that he, he's going to drain the swamp. He's going. He, and they kept telling me he's going to get the most qualified people. That's what Donald Trump is awesome about. He gets all the most qualified, brilliant people, like the wedding planner. Thank you. <laughs> So did I just segue us? Oh gosh, <laughs> beautifully done. Let me play. Well done, man. Her name is Lynn Patton. She is now. She has been nominated and become, I guess, the the urban housing and urban development leader for New York and New Jersey. As you know, Ben Carson. Ben Carson is the main guy. <laughs> I was. Uh, oh, don't I'm, do the grains in the pyramid. No, but but Erica, that's what they're full of. The pyramids, the pyramids are the whole grain. Oh my god! For the Jews, and it's I, like, uh, no, no. I tried to hit my mom in the head with a I'm hammer. Sorry, and, so mean. Uh, uh, you know, he could have got he he could have walked out as the one of the greatest pediatric neurosurgeons in the history of America, and then he decided to wander into places. Because the one thing I was like, say the one thing about well, politics, without health care, no kids will be able to get to right? such great neurosurgeons politics is the only sport where you don't actually have to know how to play the sport to get on the team and that is an oddity and this is in this room the democracy geeks nothing stresses out more people say oh he's a career politician he's got all this experience he's just no no that's good 
You want someone to understand, especially now. We've said this in a previous show. This is a new paradigm in our society where everything you do, whether it's plumbing or politicians, you, requires skill. You want people to be skilled. You don't get to use the word paradigm anymore when we're talking about this administration. <laughs> yeah, it's way too you, forgiving. You just don't get you to. Just, you just don't. So, well, this is the Orwellian world we we seem to live in, this political Orwellian world where people are like, yeah. boy, this person has a lot of experience. That's bad. Yeah, right, but, right. Look, I'm voting for this guy because he's never done it before. And yeah. Like, what? I'm going to my mechanic to remove this cancerous tumor because he's never set <laughs> foot in a hospital, and that's why I trust him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the logic we're looking at right there. You want <gasps> lawmakers who have worked with law or policy. I know you say, oh, a really intelligent businessman. Okay, that's great. As long as you can see that they're very curious and they're very uh, respectful of, of intellect and people who are experts. Also, could we have a successful businessman that is, in fact, a successful businessman? Business now, there is that, too. <laughs> hey, so he, had to, he, he voluntarily disclosed a bunch of tangent there from it, just, uh, of, his, of his finances, and it turns out the vast majority of it came from his golf clubs. Uh, his golf courses, mm-hmm. which again, as the sports reporter and other writers have reported from the words of Eric and Donald Trump, he got most of the funding from Russia. So, you know, yeah. if oh, that well, doesn't that, bother you. That and kids you with cancer. So, Lynn, yes, that's true. We, oh, you, too do, much, too much in for one show. Do not. Ro- do not roughshod run over me on that one. No, no, it's no, it's don't absolutely you dare. Uh, don't you dare. It's absolutely a fair <laughs> target. We just don't have enough time in the show. Uh, Lynn Patton again. She the reason she is the labor or the secretary for one of the undersecretary for New Jersey and New York for handling all the housing thing is because she was a Trump family friend. She was the wedding planner. Okay, this for is Eric's wedding. This is shades of heck of a job, Brownie. Heck of a job, Brownie. She's I the mean, wedding planner, so let's put her in charge of housing. And, right. And I want to play a little <sighs> clipper. This was on Chris Hayes, Jeez. where she this it starts with the clip from her from the Republican convention when she spoke on behalf of Donald Trump, and this of course started her endearment to the Trump family after she did the wedding. <laughs> the Bible tells us that you ah. can judge a tree by the fruit it bears, and if you embrace these words then you embrace Donald Trump because he has raised the best young adults I have ever had the privilege to know and the honor to call friends. Eric, Don, and Ivanka, I love you like the siblings I never had. You are compassionate. You are charitable. You are my heroes. That was Lynn Patton, vice president of the Eric Trump Foundation, now under investigation for allegedly funneling cancer charity money, the Trump Organization. On Wednesday, she became Donald Trump's pick to lead the Department of Housing and Urban Development's region covering New York and New Jersey. That's overseeing funding for public housing and crucial resources for hundreds of thousands of people who depend for their domicile on this service. And that's a position that was once held by New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Now, Patton will report directly to Ben Carson, whose background is similarly, absolutely, and completely, totally lacking in housing policy experience. And given this New York Daily News headline, she'll be facing a steep learning curve. Quote, President Trump chooses inexperienced woman who planned his son Eric's wedding to run New York federal housing programs. Yeah. So your Trump friends who say he gets the, the best people... How they do just, they, they counter just, that? I have yet to have one not just dodge and try to change the subject. Fish, gish gallop? Is that the gish one? Gish gallop, yeah. That's, yeah, the, that's the technique. I, I, they just don't answer You it. know, I just want to point out. <sighs> they say, well, Hillary, or they say, well, yeah. You know, and it's like, okay. Here's what I love about the Democrats I hang out with is 
they they praise where things are praiseworthy mm. and they criticize where it is deserved. And I you know, it wasn't that long ago that Trump was campaigning to be president. And here are some campaign promises that he made. Um, he was going to give us a better health care system and it would cost cheaper. Everyone would be insured and it would be cheaper. That's what he said. Everyone would be insured. He was going to stop. He was going to pull us out of silly, uh, destructive wars like Iraq. 5,000 more troops are going to Afghanistan. Um, you know, it goes, he was going to drain the swamp. Right. And he he has the most expensive, he's put in all the Goldman Sachs people. He has billionaires in charge of these positions. He has broken, um, he, he was, you know, going to get rid of these trade policies. He's done none of this, has no intention of doing these things. This is what he campaigned on. And, and what, what I appreciate about the Democrats that I hang out with is when somebody campaigns on something and they don't do it, including Obama, yeah. we are right there to say, oh, no, no, you didn't. you're, you're you, on that. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get on. This that. is on you. Yeah. And what I what I don't appreciate on the other side is they they don't call out their own. They defend their own to the death identity politics and and it, it's it's just for me i i don't have respect for that yeah and that's funny because again george lakoff we were talking about the difference between those two major uh, ideas the patriarchal authoritarian look at how things should be run which is the big dog makes a decision and you just you just find a big dog you can trust and then you just put all your trust in him or that the alternative does, but what is happens the family when idea. the when the big dog that you trust takes away your food I know. And, and you just, I mean, I think it's a and you have to eat grass. I think you wait till a bigger dog unseats him. An interesting know. story. I don't know if you saw, but mm. there were, uh, I don't know what it's called, Jeff Stein. You'll have to help me out. But um, on the AIDS Council, there were six guys that walked off in protest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And um, because, you know, they've, they've scrubbed, you know, on the healthcare websites, everything, any mention of any AIDS healthcare, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're dismantling, defunding, uh, Planned Parenthood, which yeah. does a lot of, um, you know, sex protection education, yep. which yes, prevents AIDS and but STDs. Right. And, but, but, but the people having sex out of wedlock and the people having homosexual sex, they all deserve to die. Erica, don't you know that? Yeah, it's not that. So they're besides, all sinful, horrible people. So besides Fred Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump's dad. <laughs> oh God. Um, there was there is a famous lawyer in New York, and that ha- w- has been the most influential person in Trump's life. Roy, Roy Cohen, yes, that's yeah, right. Cohen, and then Sokolik. So the la- no, I'm talking one about there. Roy yes, Cohen. Sokol. Yeah, I mean, and it was reported that these guys talked anywhere from five times a day to fifteen times a day. Yeah. So the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. For I mean, decades. Yeah, and then. Um, Roy Cohen died of cancer and the minute Trump found I mean died of AIDS I'm sorry and the minute Trump found out that he had AIDS he fired him except off of everything except I think one case hired new lawyers this is this is this is the guy that you're placing your trust in yeah Uh, loyalty is everything for Donald Trump 
And again, if you demand loyalty, it's because you're too afraid that what you believe in, the purpose and mission that you're following, isn't in of itself enough to follow. It's interesting the man that the man who demands such loyalty gives none back. <laughs> If you point. look at it, who that, that can't what has you. he given? <laughs> yeah. Who has he given loyalty to, besides himself and perhaps his immediate yeah. family? Yeah, this is what has actually uh, led to one of his biggest problems, which is staffing. He can't get; he still can't get anybody to fill in these positions because people don't believe that that they, then they know he's going to throw them under the bus. Four hundred positions, yeah. over four hundred positions that are still unfilled, including the ambassador to Japan and I think the undersecretary of the Navy. Right, right. Both would have been really critical with the USS Fitzgerald being run into by a tanker. And to this day, that orange-flavored punk has yet to say anything about seven dead servicemen. Yeah. To this day, he has said nothing. Not a word. Can you imagine... If President yeah. Obama had failed to mention yeah. these oh, servicemen, they'd have lit the White House on fire. By this now. is exactly my point. Let alone standing when the, re- to a- when the Republican does it, the Republican constituency goes above and beyond to give them a pass. They do not call well, out their own because I guess they too put, like you said, ideology above. Everything, yeah. but this this is this should not be an, an ideological or a political thing at all. You are the commander in chief of the armed services. You're the top God guy. Save us. You lost seven men on your watch. Besides the ones that, that we lost early on in the uh, the, the botched attack in Yemen, remember? Right. Which which Obama. F- didn't go on because he knew it was a lousy idea. Well, he believed the commanders had told him it was too risky, right, it was and, too not, risky and not and really good reward. Right, but no. So. Again, That's the same advice, by the way, that they gave Donald Trump. So this whole thing, he surrounds himself with the best. Even when he has the best, he doesn't, he listen. doesn't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the other thing I was going to say about nepotism, just to wrap this this topic up, is okay. that overseas, you know, no one pays attention to what goes on over in the BBC and what have you. But meanwhile, that is one of the biggest mocking points of Trump administration overseas oh, is the, the nepotism. The Germans are having oh, none of it. I mean, you send, they, they see that as classic authoritarianism. Oh, yeah. Is you just hire your family. You can't trust they anybody. They see it. It is. It People is. wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a reason you haven't heard any criticism from any South American dictators on Trump is because yeah. he's following the same plan. Uh, it's just, yeah, I don't know. But I, I guess that, you know, his supporters think uh, Eric is, uh, what, the best of the best, and that's why he's hired? Well, again, Donald Trump's an excellent salesperson, so he'll tell you it's the best of the best. So coming up on Jeff's World, the last word on the baseball shooting's ugly partisan reaction. I think there's a commentator who I think kind of encapsulated, and then I'm going to get some words from my co-host and a moment of deadly seriousness on Comedy Central. This is Jeff's World. Waking up to kiss you and nobody's there. This is Jeff's World, a.k.a. Erica and the Giants. I'm Jeff Stein <laughs> with Erica Harrison, Jeff Hendrick. You, you know, it's a visual thing, oh but this is, this is radio, but you get the point. Look at her Instagram. You can see how big, the big they are, how big we are compared to little Erica. She's petite. She's got a big heart to make up for our giant bodies. All right, so. <laughs> you guys, this sounds so wrong. you got to stop that. Okay, I know, right? Right? So, uh, gosh, you know, after the Steve Scalise 
got shot in the other two. We keep saying Steve Scalise because there, but there were two, three others, four others total, yeah. uh, four total who were uh, some aides and lobbyists. Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Um, there's something funny about a lobbyist being there during the, the, the whole Tyson thing. Chicken well, yeah, the Tyson Chicken lobbyist. Yeah, the Tyson Of all lobbyist. people, right, the guy who is arguing for less humane conditions for our food. Yeah, he's one of the ones that's uh, arguing. Salmonella, he's pro-salmonella. He's pro-send your chicken over to China to be processed and then send it back. But not even so much that. But the other part of the contention is they wanted to, they want the Republicans to create it so that they're not required to tell you, the consumer, that your chicken where, yeah, where has the been meat, processed yeah. in China. I don't even want to buy plastic. Plastic products from China, yeah, much right. less my chicken. So, but what this has descended into, uh, I think, which is the most tragic part of this, and if I it, let me quote here, is that on the Facebook pages, is how it's so suddenly partisan. Now, I know it's not suddenly partisan. It's always you know a shooting happens, and there's a little bit of this thing. Oh, it's your fault, it's fault, whatever. But I have to say, in this particular case, the argument that no liberals shoot people. No conservatives shoot people. Not crazy people shoot people. Exactly, but I've never seen. Now I think the the Russians got to be inflating it because man, it is going so much more. And 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 so I think if I could sum it in one thing, uh, what I read on the Facebook pages, it comes down to this quote: "I'll acknowledge your victimhood if you'll acknowledge that my victimhood is bigger than yours." Oh, that's well. Yeah, welcome to Facebook and the entire social right? media. Yeah. So there's um. There's a documentary I, I was just with the director last night. Maybe some of you in this room have seen it. Uh, Newtown. Newtown. Did you ever see the I documentary? See so it's an incredible film that uh, does not pit side against side. And it's really an opportunity. I really encourage everyone, our listeners, you can get it on Netflix. And what it's about is... Um, Ooh, hard to even talk about it. Um, there's a there's a statistic out there for every, you know, mass shooting that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects about like for each person involved, it affects about like 200 people. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it you know what happened after Newtown, you know, affected people all across this country. Uh. Uh, last night when I was at this discussion group, a woman shared a story. Her friend happened to be visiting who lived one town over from Newtown. And um, they had a son that was, you know, young when this happened. Son wasn't there. It was one town over. This little boy, to this day, he can't go to a movie theater. Yeah. He is terrified to be in uh, public places. His life is dramatically affected. And so that's what this movie is about. It, it's it's more about the effect, the, uh, the, the ri- ripple effect. The ripple effect, yeah. yeah. And it's um, it's really important to watch. And so I, ho- I, I bring it up in light of this shooting and, and you know, the back and forth, who, who shoots who. And it's, um, like you said, it's, you know mentally ill i mean there are there are studies even though federally we are it's, prohibited we are prohibited from collecting studies on uh the nra know, got that through the congress the yeah, nra the got that codified in law however there are still studies out there and um we can this is an opportunity for us to come together and work on how we can create a safer society because i'll tell you this 
it's not like this in other countries. No. And it's no not other that. Co- yeah, no other country. That's right. So We're 20 times worse on average than every other country in terms of the mass shootings. And yeah. it used to be like mass shootings were kind of a rare thing. So when talking about gun violence, it wasn't really addressed. At this point, they say if you consider a mass shooting, a shooting of four or more people, one happens every day in yeah, the United States. Right. It is it is exploding. It's an epidemic. It is. It's a healthcare epidemic. And you have doctors out there that are... Um, I know that uh, this movie was brought to Congress. Uh, not all the members of Congress watched it. Uh-huh. You, and, But hopefully they'll bring it back. And hopefully this will be an opportunity for members of Congress to come and watch and start legislating for our liberty to of life. Despite the fact that we're not allowed to study it, Erica, I just read a recent study that somebody did... Uh, Gun violence is now the third leading cause of death for our children. After heart disease and cancer. After heart disease and cancer. Um, Heart disease in a child, kind of rare, kind of weird, preventable through diet. Um, Cancer, cancer's cancer. When your cell goes rogue, it's going to do what it's going to do. And I'm really, the more I've studied it, having had it, having have it, uh, there's not necessarily as much rhyme or reason as we would think about right. cancer, which makes it such a bastard of a little thing to have because it's you're trying to go rhyme and reason, figure out okay, well, was it was it hereditary? Did I eat this? So maybe not. But gun violence. But gun violence. I can point to the cause of the violence. Hey, that's a gun. <laughs> and we have that's... most of our most of the people in this country. You know, for example, take universal background checks. I think it's ninety three percent. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Seventy five percent of the members of the NRA are pro universal background checks. Yeah, it's only it's only the upper muckety mucks that don't want it because it'll cut into their bottom line. But yeah. anyway, I, and and this is a movie that reaches. I mean, when NRA members see this. This movie, they come and they say, "How can I help?" Yeah. There are there are so many people on the same page, and it is truly that seven member board of the NRA that is, you know, buying the politicians and the and and also just on the politician side. It's not just that they threatened to primary the politicians. There was a mayor of Tallahassee who. Um, you know, who went, you know, who stood up to the NRA. It's not just that they're threatening to primary these guys and to lose their jobs. They go after them personally. Mm -hmm. They sue them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, they go after them personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so it it takes a lot of courage, more than just, you know, well, I might lose my job. It goes beyond that, the way that the NRA, Wayne LaPierre, and, and the top, not not the NRA members necessarily, who, who you know, and I do think that they have a right to hunt and, and own guns, not assault weapons, because, you know, that, that kill people in mass. I mean, you can't go hunting with that. It would tear up tear up the meat you can eat it so but anyway check out the movie Newtown. it's it's really that's the first action step you can take if you want to make a difference um in this area so i wanted to play a little clip from uh 
sports reporter Dale Hansen of Dallas Fort Station at WFAA. This is the same guy we heard about when it was the transgender thing. He's made quite a name for himself to uh, kind of speak some truthiness, and you can decide for yourself if you agree. Uh, what can I say that I haven't said too many times before? Because a nut with a gun has happened before, and it will happen again. But since this shooting was aimed at Republicans by a man who was apparently a Bernie Sanders supporter in the last election, we've now reduced the argument to liberals against conservatives. Some people have actually said, name me a conservative with a gun who has shot a liberal. Dylan Roof, to name one. And I thought of that Confederate flag-waving nut without even really thinking. Those who make the argument that this is somehow a liberal against conservative issue, as ignorant as they may well be, prove that they really don't think that much. (laughs) My liberal friend said that kind of reasoning is easier than thinking. Maybe radio host Alec Jones will tell Megyn Kelly Sunday night, this shooting is actually a hoax too. The victims of this shooting are simply actors trying to push the gun control agenda, as he says the Sandy Hook shooting in Connecticut was. Those of us who believe in gun control don't want your guns. Those of us who don't hunt don't want you to stop. But we have to stop the madness of a nut with a gun, especially the guns that serve no purpose other than to shoot somebody. A World Health Organization study says America, compared to 22 other high-income nations, has half the population of those 22 countries, but 82% of the people killed by a gun. We are 10 times more likely to be shot than the people in 22 other countries. Is that really who we are? Is that really the best we can be? Is that the America we want to give to our children? We spend billions to fight a foreign terrorist we cannot see, and someone dies every day in America because of a nut with a gun. A nut with a gun that we don't know how to stop like 22 other countries already have. And now they're shooting (laughs) Republicans on a baseball field. And we should all have something to say. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, now it matters because an old, rich, white, conservative Republican got shot. Now it matters. Because that's one thing that just charred my hide about Paul Ryan's speech. I don't know that speech. it's not a matter. They don't seem to be... I mean, the Paul Ryan had a great speech, and I don't know what he's going to act on it. It's a great speech. It. it was a great speech. It came from a hollow, soulless well, man. We'll see. But yeah. it's a great speech, because you know he won't do a damn thing to change the gun to change gun laws in this country. He won't. I, I, of course, you know me, I remain optimistic, but I also am remain realistic in the sense that if this, like you just said, if this doesn't make them wonder for a no, minute... No, you know what? No, if 20... If 20 Kids, first being, graders, first graders being I blown know. away didn't do it. Then who cares? I do. And let's call ourselves a callous nation and just grind everybody under the grist. Let's just do it. Yeah. Embrace who we are. Mm-hmm. We're a bunch of crazy right wing, rabid, gun shooting knuckleheads. Otherwise, do something about it. Then go out and go, go save a child. Go pass some common sense gun legislation, like you said, Erica. Ninety percent of the people want it. I think at this point. The upper echelon of the, the, the executive board of the NRA should be declared by the Southern Parity Law Center as a hate group, <laughs> as a terrorist organization, because that's what they are. Yeah. Go ahead, Erica. Well, Wrap it up and we'll... Uh, yeah. Two things. When I, when I look at this, I feel shame with how we Americans yeah. treat each other from... from race to lead in the water to gun violence i mean it it is shameful the way that we treat each other and the one last thing that i want to say which um 
for those who uh, believe that Newtown is a conspiracy, who, if you're mm-hmm. happening to listen to this show, um, my husband was a writer on Seinfeld, and he, one of his colleagues was a writer named Andy Robin. After Seinfeld, Andy Robin went to medical school and became a doctor. And he was the doctor that performed the autopsy on the shooter at Newtown. So I can personally tell you. That's a real person that was dead. It's, it's, (laughs) this is real. Yeah. Wake up. And it's, I I can't believe that you would, that you would think that this is a made up story. Well, again, this is still worth going to it. There's something in our humanity, because I did, I was astonished to watch the Facebook pages and some of my friends sitting there saying, well, it's leftists, it's re- it's liberals that are violent, clearly, and they just Well, then stop us from getting accept. guns and pass some common sense gun control legislation. And on that, all right. God, I love you. Jeff's World, that's Erica Parrison with Jeff Hendrick. I'm Jeff Stein coming up on Jeff's World. Another drunk history lesson with the president while completely sober. Make yourself at home. This is Jeff's World. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Ferrison and Jeff Hendrick and, and little Seth Myers. During a meeting with the president of Panama today, President Trump said, quote, we did a good job building the Panama Canal, despite the fact that the canal was constructed over a century ago. <laughs> Mr. President, if you're going to keep saying stuff this dumb in front of other world leaders, could you at least wear a big bandage on your head? <laughs> no you know, kidding, right? It seems like... There's a reason. Oh, your president has suffered an injury. That explains it. We'll come back later. (laughs) What he's referring to is he sat down, uh, Donald Trump sat down with the Panama president, Juan Carlos Varela, and, um, you know, mentioned, well, here's a little clip of it. The Panama Canal is doing quite well. I think we did a good job building it, right? Yeah. We did a very good job. A hundred years ago. But uh, things are going well in Panama. I mean... He's crazy. <laughs> All he knows how to do is sell things. And so if you saw the whole interview, which and is just amazing. Credit. Thank yes, you. Yes, Donald Trump. Yes. You yeah. built the Panama Canal. Well, you saw that when uh, Otto Warmbier, the kid that was a 22-year-old who died uh, in the custody, well, he, didn't, he actually died in American soil, but he was in a coma and basically dead when he left North Korea, uh, busted for the crime of taking down a poster and giving 15, 15 years of hard labor. So he comes back, and what does Donald Trump says? He, he didn't even say, I, you know, I feel I condolence to the parents. Uh, it's a terrible tragedy. We're going to do what we can. We need none of those things. All he said is, hey, at least we got him back. Yeah. We and and we're going to, you know, do good stuff with. Yeah, uh, we this. got him back. And it was Obama's fault that he didn't come back sooner. Yeah, it's like, wow. Yeah. What? But that's it. He he's a narcissistic salesman. So and we know this. This is a known but no, you know his supporters are going to go off the cliff with him. I guess it seems, even though his numbers keep getting lower and lower and lower. What are they at? Do you know? Yeah, it depends on which poll. Of course, he he was bragging about a Rasmussen uh, overnight poll that put him at fifty percent approval briefly. But that's Rasmussen, first of all, which is usually anywhere from seven to ten points in the in the right wing direction, which is fine. There are lots of left wing polls too, but this is one in particular. Uh, but is now his numbers for people who want him impeached are higher than the numbers for those who want him to to have an approval of him. I mean. So, but the weird thing about his approval rating and disapproval rating is that it's gone from like the latest poll shows 
is that it for for Democrats it's gone from a ten percent approval rating down to a, a nine or an eleven percent down to a nine percent approval among Democrats, but among Republicans it, since it, at a hundred days he had an eighty three percent approval among Republicans and it's only dropped down to seventy two percent. Republicans are still on Again, board. No, no, but I mean the thing about polls, you know, they're conducted over landlines. Okay, let's let's get that yeah, set in stone too. right off the bat. It's a so, mix, but yeah. It's a mixed bag, but you generally get way more on landlines. And you gotta figure out who has landlines. <laughs> it ain't it ain't the young people, it ain't the millennials. It's the old farts that are gonna go down with this idiot no matter what he does. Yeah. And we could go on and on about that. This isn't, again, it's not about Trump. It's about us. It's about how we're responding. It's about the, what the Republicans do with it. I'm much more concerned about the, where the Republican Party is going and, and the Democrats, too, than I am concerned about where Donald, we, we know where Donald Trump's going. He's going to implode, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to make Watergate look like a boy, bunch of Boy Scouts. There may be not 48 convictions like in Watergate, but the, but the convictions they do have so how, on the area of treason. Just curious, how far down the food chain do you think this is going to go? I don't know, you know. Because no, yeah. let's talk about Pence, because he's next in line in succession. Pence evidently had a fair amount of meetings with all sorts yes. of hinky, hinky characters, uh, either knew that Flynn was dirty yeah. or didn't. So he's either lying or... Or he's an incompetent boob. Neither of those two people do I want in the White House. I don't think it's an either or. You th- <laughs> you I think, think he's, he's a lying, lying incompetent, incompetent boob. Yeah. <laughs> if you <laughs> and if you love Donald Trump, send him a tweet. Tell him to get better lawyers because oh, he can't. He can't because none of them want to represent his case. Not the, the you know how he it's always hires the best. Well, the best refused to work with him for two reasons. One, he has a reputation for not paying. His yeah. his lawyers, That's his true. bills, yep. and number two, uh, he won't listen to them. So he'll he'll incriminate himself as he's been so wont to do, and they don't want to be a part of that. Right. So yeah, as from a lawyer's perspective, let's see, I'm I can't do it for the money because he won't pay me, and I can't do it for the win because I won't get one because my can't my he client tried will... to get the best lawyers, but yeah. they all said no, thank you. So he got. So that's what does he have? That, a real estate lawyer? Yeah, real estate lawyer. Boy, did you see him the other day on the news? Wow, he got himself caught and admitted that, and then didn't admit it, and then tried to say, no, he's not under investigation. You just said he was on Fox News. Twice. Yeah. Blew it. Yeah. You're on yeah. Friendly News Network. And you Re- still blew it. How yeah. do you miss a softball that underhand tossed and that fat in the strike zone that you still throw your boss inadvertently under the yeah. bus? Maybe he's not a great lawyer, Erica. Maybe he's not good at all. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll <laughs> That's all who would take his case. And, oh. and the other so we're gonna go into the lightning round here in a second on Jeff's World, but as we go out of this, I wanted to uh read the quote that keeps coming up on Facebook from H. L. Mencken back in nineteen twenty. Quote, as democracy is perfected, the office of the president represents more and more closely the inner soul of the people. On some great and glorious day, the plain folks of the land will reach their heart's desire at last, and the White House will be occupied by a downright fool and a complete narcissistic moron. So, 1920. There you go. H.L. Maker, as we like to call him, our political Nostradamus. (laughs) Exactly. This is Jeff's World. A club isn't the best place to find the lovers, so the bar is where I go. I'm in love with the shape of you. This is Jeff's World, the place where social, political, popular, and unpopular culture is seen through the lens of possibility, purpose, and punchline. I am so grateful for my co-hosts, uh, Jeff, Jeff Hendrick, of course, and Erica Fairston. These are good people. <laughs> 
I'm just saying. <laughs> Thanks, Stein. Not that I need to Thanks, sell it. Stein. Nah, it's fun. Sounds you guys, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I want to sit in the middle here, and 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 not that I occupy some sort of middle ground, but I, I want to, you know, always focus on the the forgiveness and and what is it that's driving us to do the crazy kooky things that we are, and what's the fear behind it, and it's tricky because we've got so much of it right now in our electorate. There's so much anger. We're that it's we're you know, freak out nation right now. Kind of freaking we out. really are. We we walked into this one over decades though. This has been a long process no, no, no. for us. This, yeah, you don't you We've don't been get, working on this. You don't get to this place overnight. Where we're at, you know, uh, it's taken say, about forty years to get here. Yeah, and you know, and I like to to say what a big emphasis the Russians have been on our electorate and our dialogue, but we got there on our own. They just went, oh, let's throw some gasoline on this. We we started the fire, <laughs> unlike Billy Joel says. Yeah. We well, didn't we, start the fire. <laughs> no, we didn't. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. somewhere in Moscow. Right. Oh look, dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. Hand, please hand me petrol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So on the lightning round, uh, first of all, Father's Day. Had a great Father's Day myself. Good. You know, it was just so wonderful. It, it, fatherhood is a great thing. I always say when it comes to parenting, when I meet when I meet new parents, and you'll know this, Erica, is like nothing teaches you more about yourself than parenting, right? I mean, you just you, the way it's reflected against your kids. That when because obviously what you put into your kids, you you kind of get back. And it made for an interesting Father's Day politically uh, because people started comparing some of the uh, you know Barack Obama. T- tweets or the george bush oh, tweets or not tweets but statements on yeah. father's day oh, to is, silence basically from donald trump silence was def- don't speak <laughs> don't speak, Shh, don't speak. <laughs> i i don't even have time to go into those it's not even something worth it the other uh <laughs> i mean it's just sad it's like you can tell there's a one of the tweets that was a kind of against donald well, his I, wedding planner said he had the most amazing kids yeah, ever on the so, planet yeah on the planet and so let's take her word for it. And he doesn't even, he's so good, he doesn't need to, just, he can be silent. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for Barron's tell-all book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's a couple tweets I thought were fascinating in response to, because people, you know, that's the beautiful thing of the internet. People dig up all of Trump's previous quotes or tweets or what have you. And when he was just silent on Father's Day, he didn't even really acknowledge it. Uh, one tweet was, we are now in the middle of a four-year reminder of why fathers need to love their kids. Oh, wow. that kind of funny. Because if you know anything about, obviously, Fred Trump, Fred Trump, uh, well, here's an example uh, written by an author. For, they grabbed it from the story back in the 90s. Mr. Trump's childhood friends have said they see in him his father's intensity, but also a constant and often palpable need to please and impress the patriarch who ruled his family with a firm hand. Even today, Donald Trump seems to bathe in his father's approval. A framed photo of Fred Trump faces him on his cluttered desk. Asked what his father, who died in 1999, would have thought about his run for president, Mr. Trump said, quote, he would have absolutely allowed me to have done it. Oh, my God. That is a telling statement. Isn't that a fascinating Boy, statement? Boy, that, that is Trump a creepy telling statement. He would have allowed statement. me to have done it. He would have it. allowed so me. So at 70-something years old, your dad would have 70. allowed you to do something. Yes. There is a hole in that man's Be a in, man. In, in Trump's heart that no amount of adulation will ever fill. And it's weird because, of course- Daddy never filled it. And he's- yeah. dude, he's broken he's broken inside like that this is kind of the power of male wow. victimhood because when you feel the victim you you flip it you hide it with extra testosterone and say no i'm really strong i do whatever the hell i want whenever i want all the time is that okay dad <laughs> no, it's this, it, you never quite reconcile no. it it's very well, well yeah because he can't because fred's dead yep so now there, it's particularly will... difficult oh, yeah. there's some therapies we could take him through to That's reconcile right. even though his father has passed but i just don't think he's willing <laughs> 
So speaking of people that probably need good fathers, uh, Alex Jones and Megyn Kelly. Oh. Um, I don't know. I don't speak that Megyn Kelly. <laughs> so, you know, we had a discussion about whether it was a good idea to put Alex Jones on. Well, it turns out the ratings were, it was behind a rerun of America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> that's how poorly the Megyn Kelly, Alex Jones uh, interview did. So I feel like. So maybe it, that's telling. I don't I, know. I feel like that's like the first kind of, I don't know what you call it, but. A way that the people rallied to make their message clear. You know what? We're not tuning in for this. And usually people do turn in, even though they may be, because they just want to, it's like the the car wreck, right? Right, They just want to see it. Got to look. But they need to know because everybody will be talking about it and then they'll be left out of the discussion. And I I think that this was like a, you know, a... A protest. This we're was, yeah. we're not yeah. going to give you this. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a collective. No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, no, thank you. no, thank you. It's interesting because I had different thoughts about it until those leaked tapes came out, yeah. where she was telling him, "Don't worry, I'm going to go easy on you." Then I, I just, yeah, she's. I can't have respect. For what did she think? She interviewed a consp- a paranoid conspiracy theorist. Do you think he might? tape the interview and use it against you and use it as an attack on you the most most professional victim in the country next to maybe our president i mean yeah. alex jones you had to see this why anyone How again why Megyn anyone Kelly... gives that guy oxygen is beyond me now i was trying to rack my brains whether or not to air or not air and i think what i came up with at least in my little tweaky head because the argument was alex jones has the ear of the president so he's really significant to me i think instead of doing an interview like megan kelly did if megan kelly was smart she would do some sort of like date and dateline nbc expose on him. there you go He'll play his quotes show the impact and show the remedy uh don't let him you know walk over her and and use his Paranoia or honor, anyway. Yeah, yeah. He, she, she did herself absolutely no favors by doing this interview, and I think. Why do you think she did this? Money, attention, ratings. fame, ratings. Yeah, all the same crap anybody else throws dog poop out the window for. You know what I mean? Right. Come on. I, I mean, I, Alex Jones is love him or hate him, he is a polarizing figure that some people find fascinating. I mean, I've been watching Megyn Kelly off and on for a while because when I tune into Fox News and you see her and this and that, and she's been evolving, uh, but she still seems to be. I don't know. I don't want to make a judgment about her necessarily, but she still seems to be trying to find her way of because I think she was convinced that I'm going to sh- I'm going to expose him. I'm the person that no, can no. talk so back to her. No, no, you can't say that. And I don't think that's it. because I thought that too. But the tapes exposed her telling him right. she was not going to do right. that. She was going to give him softballs. So there is no part of her that thought. No, that she's then, kidding according herself. According to her yeah. words, she's in her own denial. So the then, point. then yeah. I will pose this question: What is what is the, the the motive for MSNBC to run this crap? NBC, actually. This is NBC. Ratings. NBC. Ratings. Yeah. But it didn't work, so... Well, they didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they damn sure they know it now. They thought that it would work. And they should have yeah, spent more time on Vladimir Putin, less time on uh, on Alex Jones. But anyway, so that's one lesson learned. Again, I think the lesson is what you two both said. It was a protest, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it was beautifully uh, said. Thank you. Second one, uh, the... The Julius Caesar play thing keeps bouncing around because all the the victimhood that they did a you know they made Trump look made Julius Caesar look like Trump and assassinated question. him. Sure, first yeah, question. four years ago, five years ago, there was the same production by the same ding, theater ding, company, ding, ding, ding. and they had a guy who looked exactly like the president was ding. then Obama and crickets from you people. Then we didn't hear a damn thing, but now that it's a white guy and it's your white guy, now we have to have a kerfuffle. 
Here's the list of presidents. Kiss that my have hairy been, liberal uh, ass. Here's a list of presidents that have been portrayed in the Shakespeare Julius, Julius Caesar uh, play and killed. Hit us. Uh, Hit us with this list, baby. Lincoln. Link- what? Lincoln. What? How tacky would that be? A man who was assassinated. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty tacky. Right? They- Reagan, a man who was attemptedly assassinated. And, also and pretty crickets, tacky. Crickets, crickets. Bill Clinton. Crickets. 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 George W. Bush. Crickets. And then, of course, Obama and Trump. So, you know, this is how it goes down. <laughs> and uh, let's see. It's interesting, though. Um, you know, Trump, I think everyone can agree he's quite thin skinned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then, so apparently, are these these supporters this, this just as thin skinned? Just as thin skinned. And Clearly. how interesting they they just reflect each other back and forth and how do i know they're thin-skinned because they need to defend them i don't i did you know people would say obama's this obama's that and i say you know what let it stand on who, what he does and on his policies and when he didn't stand like drones when you guys disagreed i went well i can't argue with you no, and when no. it did stand i was like there you go i didn't need to go hey no you stop hating obama because he's doing good things it's like, well, if you don't see it then that's your problem so anyway, that's a, you're right. The thin skinness is the base of the argument. Well, that right. again, because that also plays into what you've been talking about, show after show after show, is the supreme victimhood of Trump and his supporters. So their man in the mirror is Trump. Now, the only yes. thing we have to address our victimhood. Our victimhood is we is is when we if we rail on Republicans, that's demonstrating our victimhood. Obviously, are these types of Republicans because it's demonstrating that we feel that they have a power over our destiny, and uh, you know. <laughs> And you say, well, that's kind of true. Well, that's that's interesting, right? So we have to you have to believe beyond that too. I don't feel that way most of the time. Obviously, I have I, I enter into victimhood every once in a while. We all do, but I don't believe that they will get that they will be able to destroy healthcare. For instance, I don't. I'm not a victim to that. I'm throwing this out here on Go the ahead. weird, wild. I don't. It's just this. This popped into my head just now, and I wonder if it'll happen. What if Trump vetoes the bill? No, no, it's Seriously. entirely possible. It's entirely possible. I don't think it'll get through the Houses of Congress anyway, but if it right. does... What? I mean... What well, he already it? called the last one mean. Right. Once, once the approval rating went down to 17% for that puppy, he said it was mean. But there right. will be no approval rating for this one well, because they can't get it out to the public. Well, if they do pass it and it goes to... Then there is law that requires this, the, the bill be made available. Yeah. So before it can be signed on by the president, it'll be I don't interesting think. where and for how long they oh, make man. it available. They've broken every other rule in law, though, so maybe uh, they'll break that one. <laughs> maybe they'll ignore see. the fact that a law has to now actually be in print for you're available. You're starting for, to see. Yeah, we'll see. So that would be the only way that uh, I think that because 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 by the time it gets to Donald Trump's desk, if he waits for just a second, they'll, they'll have an analysis. Well, yeah. if they'd have to break a rule, you're right. We're safe. Exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on. The next one: um, uh, coconut oil. Little story that keeps popping around. Apparently, uh, put it on your body, but not in your body. Because there was a whole thing, oh, coconut, best thing ever. Apparently, uh, it's 82% of the fat found in coconut oil is saturated, which is way more than the other. Like, olive oil is 14%. Canola oil is 7%. If you can get honest-to-God olive oil, it's probably the best oil for you to eat. Yeah, canola and (laughs) olive are very low, but coconut, 82%. Yeah, but canola is- Great for your body, though. No, but canola is- on your body. Corn and other low acid oils. That's there what canola go. stands for. Yeah. So stay away from canola oil because it's got GMO corn crap in it. Right. But I will tell you, all food oils are really good for your skin. It's just that coconut oil smells better than peanut oil. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, you don't want to necessarily smell like a salad, but you do want to smell like a beach. But Sometimes vanity trumps. Seriously, (laughs) instead of buying lotion, which does not really penetrate the skin, use coconut oil. Okay. 
Uh, some other stuff uh, in near, let's see in just one year, nearly 1.3 million Americans needed hospital care for opioid-related issues. So that continues to be the thing that I only mentioned because hello, it's the thing. Opioids. Why, why do you think we're still in Afghanistan? Yeah. Okay, we need heroin for the people that <laughs> I, do not right. laugh at this man. I know it's a... this is straight up, man. <laughs> that is what fields? the yeah Keep the poppies coming. And you want to know why they grow heroin and poppies? Because we destroyed. Go ahead. Oh no, no, because we made it illegal for them to grow cotton. Yeah, which is what they would be growing as a cash crop in Afghanistan, and it's a great place to grow cotton. Don't get me wrong, but we have said no. You don't get any aid. You don't get any guns. You don't get any more of our boys coming over there and dying for your poppy fields if you are selling cotton, because that will down that will make our cotton growers make less money. So that's why we're Just wait one that's why we are exactly that is why we're in Afghanistan protecting opium dealers because that's how we set it up. Uh, meanwhile, also the education, ah. the education department has been rejecting university grant applications to get loans by because of things because of syntax errors because they didn't double space and so they've kind of created kind of a, a DeVos has created a culture of of denying applications for money for college. Where, DeVos they, did this uh, apparently. I mean, she's in charge, and it started when now that she's there. Wait a second, has anyone that read is, this yeah. woman's tweets? She's I'm, all full of gram- grammatical errors. Well, grants, not uh, not loans. She'll give you a loan at a high interest. Well, because no she owns a student yeah. debt collection agency. So I want to hear this again. She's yeah. now denying grants because something wasn't double spaced. Yeah, the Washington Post and had this one too that they were uh, they started noticing because you know what is an individual gets their thing rejected and it goes oh my gosh they rejected it because I double, didn't double space like there was like I was told to. And they but kind of think they it's an even anomaly. Give them the feedback? No, yeah, they gave them the feedback, but they, they said it was in the improper format and this and that, and they'll give like vague reasons. But as it turns out, the Washington Post again did some digging and went wait a second this is happening to tons of people so where's all that money that's not getting doled out in grants going is it going into trump's pocket i don't know but follow it's not going to them follow it's not going to people trying to go to (laughs) uh terrible people are impersonating ice agents in order to harass immigrants this has been a new little crime that hasn't been talked about much they've gotten their gear up they get a fake ice logo and they literally run into places and just start making noise to try to scare people out of it in, in known brown locations, to put it bl- bluntly. This is going to result in someone you know, taking in, a bullet to the head. Just know, you wait. Just, just not, you wait. That's not so a they're, they're literally terrorizing people. Yeah, yeah to uh, that is, that is terrorism. the purpose of... That is textbook uh, terrorism. Yeah, yeah. like I was going to give an example. See, the trend goes coast to coast. California, New York, and Virginia individuals wearing fake ice paraphernalia have already put communities on edge. Uh, a group of four men wearing ice jackets approached an immigrant man in Woodside, Queens, and told him he'd be deported unless he gave them money. The man who officials did not name in order to protect his family handed over $250 before fleeing. My God. So it's shakedown and just running into a place to scare people. That's not going to go well. No, because you're going to ha- you're going to have people that are going to you want to talk. Let's 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 dig up the ghost of Sharon Angle uh, and her Second Amendment remedies. That's what this is going to come down to, and it's these knuckleheads that are going to get themselves and other real ice agents killed. Well, you know this whole thing uh, that that what's happening. People have been talking about this. Does not make society safer. No, just the, the way opposite. that we are handling. Uh, you know, immigrants, undocumented immigrants, when they when they get robbed, they they don't report it to the police. They don't call the police. That makes everyone else unsafe. I mean, it's it's wow. Uh, there's also a case that I would really want to bring up for just a second. There are thousands of Iraqi Christians being deported to Iraq, where they will 
more than likely be sentenced to either prison or death. Now, I'm curious where our little Bible-thumping vice president is on this issue, because he's been dead silent about Christians being sent to their potential deaths by his boss. Mike Pence, I'm calling you out, punk. If you're really a true Christian warrior, you best, you best get on this, son. And finally, uh, the... uh I love this I think quote he's on a white Christian warrior. <laughs> oh God, I keep forgetting that. That's right. Never mind. They're brown. Screw them. What was I thinking? Uh, what was I thinking? <laughs> uh, a little, a little lighter note, if you will. Not really. Uh, Carrie Fisher. They had the autopsy come out, and the face. This Facebook post, I think, was just absolutely beautiful. If an autopsy report makes you feel differently about Carrie Fisher, you never deserved her in the first place. <laughs> Because, by the way, she she turned up that cocaine, some other things in her. She says, it continues on. Many people with mental issues use drugs to cope. We shouldn't think any less of them. She fought a tough battle. Let her rest in peace. Carrie Fisher was a badass. The end. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, <laughs> there was, there was, I've read a couple of friends of mine wrote some fairly potentially caustic jokes around this. Sure. And people were just up their butts about it. And then somebody finally pointed out, and I think brilliantly and correctly so, Carrie Fisher would have laughed her ass off. ass off, that's right. All that stuff. She had the best, darkest sense of humor. Darkest sense of humor in the world that woman had. So bring them, laugh, Laugh through the laugh through the pain on this one because she would have yeah. been right there with you. Uh, one last fast check, fact check. I forgot. There's a thing that get passed around that says that 50, that the, uh, the energy secretary likes to brag that, that there are fifty thousand new coal jobs. Uh, tell your right wing friends it's thirteen hundred. It's not fifty thousand. And there's only seventy six thousand total in the United States yeah. left. How does he get to uh, lie like that? I don't know. And I'll, I, like, where does do. he get fifty thousand? Does he just purely make it up? Make it up? Sure. Just make does it he up. like if we double this, then divide it in half, then and add oh, honey, two, there's, multiply there's no, no. it by five, we there's, get 50,000. Oh, darling, there's not that much thought involved in anything they do. She's been but Erica Pearson. So- <laughs> He's been Jeff Hendrick. That's going to be the end of it. This is Jeff's World. This has been Jeff's World, the social, political, pop cultural discussion show that looks at life through the rose-colored eyes of the almost criminally optimistic Jeff Stein.